G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. These lockdowns continuing around Australia with a view to keeping COVID-19 at bay. At times like this, you might be glad you're living in the bush. Strict lockdowns, Sydney, Melbourne, increasing restrictions in cities and towns around states and territories, making life very uncomfortable. Well, Christian leaders are increasingly frustrated by lockdowns. In Sydney, the Christian Democratic Party is calling for an end to lockdowns, citing the experience of other comparable countries that are living with Delta strains in their community, and this is not causing their hospital systems to be overrun at all. Well, Lyle Shelton is Director of Campaigns and Communications for the Christian Democratic Party. He's the former Managing Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. He's now based in Sydney and preparing to take over the reins in the New South Wales Upper House seat held by the Reverend Fred Nile in November. Lyle Shelton's joining us. Lyle, welcome back to 2020. Thanks very much, Neil. Lyle, the Christian Democratic Party saying that this Sydney lockdown must not be extended beyond the end of the month. What are your perceptions of what's going on in New South Wales? Uh, well, Neil, we're three or four weeks into a, a hard lockdown here, a city of six million people in the greater Sydney area, and, of course, uh, five million people in Melbourne or Victoria are also under lockdown. This is causing enormous damage to uh, people's mental health, in some cases, to physical health by foregoing treatment of other uh, diseases. And, of course, the economic carnage is massive uh, with the, the government spending uh, around about a billion dollars a week uh, to provide assistance to businesses and uh, individuals who have lost wages. So the, the cost of this is staggering in a, from a health perspective and an economic perspective. And we really have to ask the question, are we managing the risks of COVID-19 um, adequately, um, and, and you know, having this sort of zero case strategy, is that the right approach? We've come to the view at the, the CDP that it's not, and we should learn to manage a bit of risk uh, with having the virus uh, in the community, uh, because we're going to have to have it in the community sooner or later once we reach that vaccine threshold anyway. Lyle, lots of premiers have been getting good political mileage out of many of the lockdowns that have happened over recent times. Uh, are you concerned that uh, there is a lot of politicisation of what is a health concern, but uh, there's a big downside when you talk about the economy and such things? Yes, I think there is a lot of politics being played here. I think premiers have realised that there uh, sadly is... Uh, is a, an appetite amongst uh, many people um, to uh, avoid any risk whatsoever. And so premiers have been rewarded electorally for having their uh, fingers on the lockdown button and being too trigger happy with that. Uh, and I, I think that um, is, is very much causing this damage. I think the, the, way, the place we need to focus 
here is on protecting vulnerable people. Um, when I talk about allowing the virus into the community, uh, certainly um, I can understand the earlier lockdowns, but now that we have um, the overwhelming majority of vulnerable people uh, vaccinated with some level of protection, uh, there should be no reason for uh, the rest of the community to, to open up. And if we need to spend money, rather than spending billions of dollars uh, on assistance, and remember it's all borrowed money, um, you know, bolster the hospital system if, if we need to, just to make sure that the system isn't stressed. Uh, obviously, there, there will be some call on the hospital system, but I don't think too much, given that most of the vulnerable cohort in Australia now is protected. We've got better protocols in aged care facilities. So the, the risk is really minimal, but of course, the cost of these lockdowns is, is absolutely um, off the charts. And so I, I think the strategy is wrong and it needs to be reevaluated because we can't keep going on for another six months while the vaccine rollout continues with these stop-start uh, lockdowns. Well, vaccination rates are increasing and governments have their thresholds, uh, targets to aim for before they uh, release the uh, the bondage on the people. But what you're saying is that even at this point in time, hospitalisation or death among the wider community is quite low. And so there needs to be a re-evaluation. Absolutely. The risk is very low of um, hospitalisation and death. And uh, look, I am critical of um, the, the government's advertisement with that, that reasonably or very young woman uh, gasping for breath on a, on a ventilator. Um, I'd love to know how many uh, young people her age uh, have found themselves in that situation worldwide. Now, of course, there's been, a, been some, but statistically it would be a blip. Sorry, the average age of death uh, from COVID-19 since the pandemic began in Australia is 85. That's above the average life expectancy. We're talking about a disease that, yes, it's deadly amongst a vulnerable cohort, people with comorbidities, people who are very old. Uh, but for the average person, it's not going to kill you. Yes, it can kill some. I'm not. I'm not trying to say that it's not. Uh, doesn't have dangers, but uh, in terms of a risk management exercise, I think we really have to ask ourselves: Are we actually doing more damage in terms of suicides, other health effects, and of course the economic damage? Um, so uh, I just think this um, strategy is all wrong. We can't keep uh, living like this, and uh, I, I firmly believe this needs to be the last lockdown. Uh, we need to get on with life and manage the risk and uh, put the resources into protecting the vulnerable, uh, but then allow the economy and people's lives to proceed as normal. Lyle, you say sooner or later we all have to get used to the idea that the virus will be circulating, and I wonder whether you've got any thoughts about where average Aussies are at with that, because it seems to be there's a fair bit of catching up to do to understand that that is the case that's ahead of us. Yeah, look... um, I can only go by, well, talking to, to uh, family, friends, uh, other people and the published polls. Um, there's certainly vaccine hesitancy out there in the community. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But uh, the, the polls sort of indicate that there's probably around about somewhere between 11 to 13% of people who won't get vaccinated. Now, that is their choice. I don't think anyone should be forced uh, into a vaccination. Uh, no one should be forced to take any medication whatsoever. Uh, people have the choice of living with COVID and the risks associated with that of catching COVID. You're either going to catch COVID or you're going to get a vaccine. And um, yes, the vaccines are of an experimental nature. There's no doubt about that. So people have a big risk choice to weigh up 
uh, in terms of their personal decision making. But at some point, we will reach a stage where every Australian who wants a vaccine has had a vaccine. And uh, at that point, the government can't force any more people to have vaccines. And that's the point where we must open up and uh, people will take their chances either with the vaccine or with COVID. I think the sooner we get to that point, the better. And uh, that's why I say we are going to have the virus circulating in the community, particularly amongst those who choose not to be vaccinated. Um, so we're going to be at that point uh, probably within the next six or eight months. I think we might as well move to that point now, given that the most vulnerable people in the community are already protected. Lyle, a number of things to balance, and I wonder whether you've got any thoughts here as a Christian leader and a spokesperson at this point for the Christian Democratic Party, uh, the idea that you've got potentially people to die from COVID, uh, you've got the economic challenges, which are a financial concern, but then you've got this dimension of mental health. And as a Christian, uh, we might have some thoughts about mental health and what it's doing to the lives of individuals. Any thoughts here from a Christian point of view, uh, the way that perhaps the mental health of the entire community uh, is being neglected by some of the political decisions about lockdowns? Well, I think it is. That's why um, I'm against the ongoing lockdown strategy. I think Last year, when we didn't know what we were dealing with, with this new virus that came out of um, Wuhan in China, probably from a lab, uh, probably as part of a Chinese Communist Party um, exercise in gain-of-function research, uh, we didn't know what we were dealing with. But now, 18 months on, uh, we do. Um, We've got people better protected. And what we do know is that uh, suicide rates have been going up during the lockdowns. Uh, People people are suffering. Uh, People are suffering economically. And, uh, and of course, we are racking up a massive debt on our country's credit card, you know, well in excess of a trillion dollars now, which must be paid off uh, by our children. Um, the costs of this pandemic uh, are outrageous. And uh, just to keep snapping into lockdowns, spending another $5 billion on the credit card uh, in assistance uh, is just unsustainable. So from a health, uh, from an economic perspective, I just think there's a uh, big uh, ethical issues that we would ask as Christians about the costs, uh, both uh, in terms of loss of life through suicide, through mental health problems, through uh, the economic issues. Uh, why why do we keep doing this? And uh, I think we've made a big mistake. We've taken a wrong turn, and uh, we should be more averse to having uh, running the risk of the virus in the community and uh, putting the resources towards the hospital system and ensuring at the same time as we've done that those who are vulnerable are protected. And we've done that already now. There's no reason to keep uh, locking the the community down. Uh, Lyle Shelton, before I let you go, I mentioned in the introduction, and some listeners will just be catching up with this, but you are preparing to take over the reins in the New South Wales upper house seat held by the Reverend Fred Nile. He's retiring in November, and you'll be parachuted into uh, that uh, quite significant and powerful position in the New South Wales upper house. How is the transition going for you? Uh, it's going very well, thanks, Neil. And uh, look, it's been a, a real privilege to have been asked by Reverend Nile and his team uh, to come and be his successor when he retires in November. And because it's an upper house seat, as you said, that the party has the privilege, as, as all political parties do, of filling the casual vacancy uh, with uh, someone that they nominate. And uh, so it's a privilege to have been nominated to do that. And um, I've just been overwhelmed by the way that uh, my move to New South Wales has been received. 
certainly, um, you know, Christian people who are looking for representation in the parliament, particularly as we face issues of freedom of speech and freedom of religion, and of course the whole uh, gender fluid identity, indoctrinating our children. People are crying out for uh, voices to stand up uh, in the public square and in the parliament, and it's a privilege to be part of that place, uh, that process, and to be one of those voices. And as you say, it's a, it's um, also a privilege you know, for our party to hold a seat in the parliament. That does give us a lot of influence. And um, Reverend Niles done a terrific job over 40 years, and um, I'm looking forward to building his legacy uh, come come this uh, November. Well, Lyle Shelton, it's not just people in New South Wales who'll have their eyes on you. People all over Australia will be, in some sense, cheering from the sidelines. Those Christian believers who've known uh, this history that you've had going into bat for Christian ideals. And uh, I just want to point people to your website uh, where people can follow some of your latest blog detail, lyleshelton.com.au. And from what I understand, uh, people can sign up to be a part of the Christian Democratic Party on that site too, and they'll receive information about initiatives of the Christian Democratic Party. But Lyle Shelton, lyleshelton.com.au. Thanks so much, Lyle, for sharing your thoughts with us today on 2020. Thanks, Neil. It's a real privilege to talk to you. Um, The Vision audience is one of the most engaged in the country, and I'm so grateful to all your listeners for their support as well. God bless you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.